Before we get started today, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you looking to find more freedom and flexibility in your life with type 1 diabetes? Are you looking to increase your confidence and decrease your stress? If so, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist membership. When you join, you'll get weekly sessions with me where we'll have master classes, diabetes and mental health question and answer sessions, and hot seat coaching sessions. You'll also get monthly behavioral challenges, a comprehensive resource library, and a private Facebook community. To learn more, go to thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And I can't wait for you to become a part of the Diabetes Psychologist membership community. And now, on to this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Within my beautiful life, there's this ugly thing, and I wasn't engaging with it, and I wasn't paying attention to it. So I wanted to, in some way, just for myself, beautify it a little bit. And that's when I was looking down and carrying around that, that little black nylon case with my meter and all the supplies and test strips falling out of it and trying to jam the insulin pens within it. I'm like, oh, I hate this thing. This encompasses everything that's wrong with this disease. Like it's clinical. It doesn't look like me. It doesn't feel like me. And I have to take it everywhere. So I just started sketching like pretty diabetes cases and what colors I would use and how I would make it look different and how I present it differently to myself. And at the time I was teaching ballet to a lot of little kids too. And what if they were diagnosed? Like, how would I, how would I talk about it and try to have them engage with it? Like, so what are things that make you happy? Like flowers and hearts and butterflies and, you know, just sketching all these things to like, how could I make diabetes look and feel like that? Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Let's be honest, diabetes supplies can be ugly. And I'll be the first to admit that I have been embarrassed by pulling out my supplies in public. But what if that didn't have to be the case? What if you could have diabetes supplies that were fashionable and that you were proud of? Well, you can. And on this episode of the podcast, you're going to find out how. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Kira Richards. Kira is the founder and CEO of Myabetic, a diabetes lifestyle brand, where their goal is to take away the shame of having ugly diabetes supplies and replacing them with supplies that you can be proud of and that aren't embarrassing. Kira and I talk about her diagnosis and how her diagnosis and her background led her to found Myabetic and what her vision for Myabetic is. What I discovered from this conversation is that Myabetic is much more than a fashion brand, but it's a way for people with diabetes to empower themselves, own their diabetes, and not feel shame and embarrassment around having diabetes. Here's my conversation with Kira. Kira, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. I'm excited too. Thank you. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about you and what you do? 
Yeah, my name is Kira Richards. I am the co-founder of Myabetic, which is a diabetes fashion and lifestyle brand. Um, I live in Los Angeles and uh, I have two little girls, uh, five and three. Awesome. And you have type one diabetes. I yes, I have type <laughs> one diabetes. That never comes up at the first thing. There's still nothing that I really use to introduce myself, but you're right. That is important here. I do have type one diabetes. It's important for this conversation. So I want to hear about your life with type one diabetes and about your diagnosis and kind of how um you were diagnosed and how your life and now your business have come to be. Sure. Uh growing up, I had no connection to diabetes. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 24. So I didn't have any family members, no close friends. I really knew nothing about it. The only thing that I ever heard about diabetes really was from the babysitter club books that a character in there had type one diabetes, but um, really nothing, no, no prior knowledge, something about sugar. And then I was working as a professional dancer in Los Angeles. So I'm from Northern California around San Francisco area. And I went to UCLA to be a dance major and be around Los Angeles um, and was working with agents and dancing professionally and kind of like award shows and commercials and music videos. And that's what, that's what I was doing. And I was 24 in the middle of that kind of audition route circus and castings. And I went to Afghanistan actually to perform for the troops over there. They wanted to have kind of a dance show. Um, so we performed like jazz and contemporary and hip hop all over Afghanistan for the troops. And when I came home, I was very tired very thirsty, had to go to the bathroom all the time, kind of those signs. But I could also chalk up all of those, the explanation too, while I was just dancing in the middle of the desert, you know? So yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm thirsty. I'm exhausted and I'm losing some weight. But again, I was dancing all day, every day. So I uh, went to the doctor and was diagnosed. And then I felt I kind of still feel like that was like act one of my life. And then there's this, eh, this big, you know, change in plot and act two, um, the beginning at back to being really dark and depressing and trying to understand how to be a young woman, supposedly thriving in Los Angeles and entertainment um, in a job that was kind of centered around image and going to small rooms across Los Angeles and going in front of a camera and standing on an X and saying, I'm Kira Richards, and just turning slowly in front of a video camera to see so they could see my body and how I looked and what my image was. And I used to take pride in like my physicality and I'm taking great care of myself. And now I felt like there's this thing that is kind of hanging over my head that everybody could see that there was something that was kind of, I felt ugly about me and that kind of ruined this image that I was trying to portray. So that took a real big toll. And then, you know, just in that, that circle of doctor's offices and the endos and the hospitals and just getting very depressed with all of it. Um, and I created my abetic that year, but really as a way to kind of shift my own perspective because I knew that I was getting into kind of an, an, I was in a negative place, but it was also affecting my health because I would just 
hide it and not talk about it. And I felt like within my beautiful life, there's this ugly thing and I wasn't engaging with it and I wasn't paying attention to it. So I wanted to, in some way, for, just for myself, beautify it a little bit. And that's when I was looking down and carrying around that that little black nylon case with my meter and all the supplies and test strips falling out of it and trying to jam the insulin pens within it. I'm like, oh, I hate this thing. This encompasses everything that's wrong with this disease. Like it's clinical. It doesn't look like me. It doesn't feel like me. And I have to take it everywhere. So I just started sketching like pretty diabetes cases and what colors I would use and how I would make it look different and how I present it differently to myself. And at the time I was teaching ballet to a lot of little kids too. And what if they were diagnosed? Like, how would I, how would I talk about it and try to have them engage with it? Like, so what are things that make you happy? Like flowers and hearts and butterflies and, you know, just sketching all these things. to like, how could I make diabetes look and feel like that? And then I just, as a kind of a hobby, while I was taking a break from auditioning and dancing to figure out insulin levels, I started to meet people and ask questions. I'm like, what if I actually did this? Like, what if I made myself a case? Like, could I do this? And um, just experimented in, you know, the land of Google and friends and asking everybody around me for help. Um, I started my abetic to make my diabetes feel better myself. I had no idea still at that time, had no other person that I was connecting with, with diabetes. I'm like, maybe this is just my crazy idea and no one else feels this way, but at least I'll feel better and maybe someone else will. So just started to talk to people and force myself to talk to other people with diabetes to see like if they would like it. And something that started with just kind of, um, kind of in a selfish place really at first, allowed me to, it just started growing and growing. And from my professional dance career into now owning and operating this diabetes brand, um, you know, this definitely was never on my life list. And here's where I'm not like ending up, but this is the chapter that I'm in now. And I'm very happy for this very unexpected detour, I'd say. That's, I have so I have so many questions to ask you about. Yes, I'm sorry, Doug. that was a mouthful, but <laughs> no, all, all good. So it sounds like you, you you said it was a selfish place, but I would say that you know it was a great coping mechanism. You know, For you sure. you were, you were in a dark place, but you were able to come out of it because you were able to be creative and think outside the box and think outside what the messages you were being told by your doctor or yourself, the the world about what it means to have diabetes. Absolutely. Definitely a coping mechanism. And it wasn't, you're right. The imagery, the reason why I felt it's so ugly is because so many of the things that are out there about diabetes publicly are ugly and this image and the blame game. And that I felt shame because I felt like society kind of made me feel that way of ashamed of something. This should be something that you hide. There's all these other living conditions and chronic illnesses out there that or people that are dealing with diseases that they don't feel, I don't feel like they got that same kind of bad rap that diabetes has um, for the media, for so many different reasons, but it was, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm 
yes, I'm ashamed of it. Maybe I shouldn't be, but maybe there's a way pathway out of it. And it definitely was my way um, of dealing with things, just not even just diabetes. That's always in my way of dealing with something is kind of artistically and creatively. And since I was a little girl, like that's why I love dancing. Like I don't want to talk about it. I'll go and kind of perform. And that's my way of getting out of, out of my little funk. So um, yeah, turned into kind of an artistic place. And that was my background at UCLA. I went to the school for the arts. So I had no prior knowledge of fashion or fashion design, none of that. But yes, creative coping is definitely a big theme that I'd um, I'd say for my life. You also said that you didn't know anybody else with diabetes. That was the idea in your head. I feel like that's a story that so many people have. I've had that. I had that story myself as I was all alone in my diabetes for a long time. Didn't know anybody else. I had this, these experiences and I'm like, I'm the only one. Everybody else with diabetes is doing just fine. They're, they're thriving. And I'm the one being held back and be, feeling stuck in my life and feeling so depressed. And I can't believe that I can't get out of it. Ooh. I'm so glad to hear you say that because, you know, I think that so many people have that same belief that they're the only one and to be able to connect with other people and see that, wow, I would love to have um, a fashion brand that's based on diabetes. And that that's awesome. And that, that would empower me. It opens their world. It, it sees that they're not alone in, the, in their situation. And that social support is so important for people with di- type one diabetes. Social support is so important. I really don't think I would have sought out other people. I, I think I would have been more insular. I think I would have continued to manage my diabetes, but be very quiet about it. Go to see my doctor a couple times a year, maybe. And that's, that's really it. Other than maybe very close circle of friends and family. I don't think I would have, had I not started my abetic really reached out, but I'm so glad I did. And when we, when we, when we talk about diabetes or talk about my abetic with our team, I said, I really want to make sure that we speak about it in, in an authentic way, because you're right that the imagery that we do see, if we do reach out, if you see representation of other people living with diabetes, I said, the only thing I, I saw on my TV at the time was the, were these pharmaceutical commercials for some kind of a diabetes medication or therapy. And those people are, I mean, they're ridiculous. Those ads, you know, they're like cartwheeling and fields and dancing around with big goofy smiles. I'm like, well, that's definitely not me, you know? And and I think it is important to kind of have those aspirational images within my medic that are like, hey, these are people thriving and living with diabetes and um, looking and feeling great. However, I want to make sure that we also know that we all go through those rough days and those bad days. And there are those little wins, but there's a lot of losses too, that you feel like, even if I feel good, look good, there's still the things you end up kind of crying on your bathroom floor, you know, and that's gonna be part of the road and making sure that that part is also communicated to the community as well, because that authenticity is what we're kind of clinging to we, we want when we're trying to find meet other people. If you hear someone else saying, oh, my numbers are really great, then you're just going to be quiet and not want to share, you know, you want to share in uh, that diabetes is hard and it's hard for you. It's hard for me. Okay, great. Let's try to help each other out. But I totally agree. Feeling alone but, with yeah. a big theme. But the key there is being honest and truthful with yourself about the challenges, but also the strength that comes from it. Because what I found is that if we're honest with ourselves about the challenges that diabetes brings, and there are lots of them, Mm -hmm. um, then we're being authentic. But then if we go too far on the other side and say, my life is over because I had diabetes and I can't do all of these things in my life because of diabetes, 
we're also not being honest with ourselves. We're taking it too far. And it sounds like your philosophy is really that same thing is like, let's, ha- let's be authentic, but let's be ourselves in our lives with type one diabetes, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but also with having, having some empowering fashion and accessories to go with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to, I want there to be something that's beautiful. I want you to connect with something, even if it's something privately. So changing out for me, changing out like a little wallet that was one of my favorite colors, but putting it inside my bag. And then when it's time for me to check my blood sugar, seeing something that I liked and associating it with something more positive than just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I've got to do this chore. It's like, Oh, look how cute my little case is. Like you think those things are just, that's minor, that's small, but with how much diabetes kind of it takes over life in certain ways. Like those little things turn out to be really big things, you know, on those stresses. Um, so yeah, those, I, I'm excited to kind of keep that image, but you're right. Not going too extreme on either way. And even with sharing your diabetes, I think that's a big thing too, that, Oh, if I'm confident, that means showing it to the world and making sure that I kind of present it this way. I think I've heard that a lot that it's like, well, I don't share it. I'm like that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you aren't still feeling good about your diabetes. You can, you can kind of manage it as well as, um, kind of present it in whatever way feels more, most authentic to you. You know, I still, I forget because I kind of live in this land of my my career rate is now centered around diabetes, which is so funny. that something that I was trying to run away from and hide from because I hated so much ended up being such a huge theme in my life that people are kind of, Oh, Kira, the lifestyle expert of diabetes. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. So don't tag me with that. I'm still trying to figure out diabetes. I am just trying to present it in a way that feels better. Um, but that, people that I have not seen for a while, friends from high school, friends from college, or if I haven't, you know, really ran into you in the last decade or something. And people ask me like, what are you doing? What are you up to now? And I explain, oh, I have a, I run a business. I have a business um, that helps people living with diabetes and people, oh, that's so interesting. Like, what, how did you get into that? And I go, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot. Oh, I have diabetes. Did you not know? And they're like, no, you know, and I'm like, oh, right, right. I had to catch you up. Yes, I have diabetes. You know, like it's still not something that comes up with a, hey, I'm Kira, I have diabetes. It's just not something I think about all day, even though my career is even surrounding it right now. But I think just really finding that individuality um, is important, not, in, I mean, not just in diabetes, but in life, but really understanding what your preferences, what you like, what feels right to you. And that's a never ending game, but that is something that has helped me cope in diabetes, like making it feel more like me and what feels comfortable, you know? You've been able to integrate diabetes into your life. And so it's not the first thing that comes to mind because it's not something you're trying to get rid of. It's just like part of who you are. And so when you introduce yourself, you introduce yourself as a business owner, and as a mother, which are the more prominent features that you want to portray. And diabetes is part of that, but it's not even come to your mind. I think that's a pretty healthy place to be. Yeah, you're right. I never even thought about it that way, but it's great to think about. Even on the Diabetes Psychologist podcast, you introduce yourself and don't tell us you have type 1 diabetes. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, I have diabetes. <laughs> I have to ask you for that information. So tell us more about Myabetic and what sorts of things you guys offer and um, how people can learn about you guys. Sure. 
Um, so it's, it did start from that product place. So that's kind of our main, um, what people know us for is kind of a fashion brand that we have a lot of different ways to hold and help you organize your diabetes supplies. So we have a lot of handbags and wallets and totes and slings and all different ways of men, women, and children, styles, all colors and materials. Um, so that's where we started. And as we got these products out to our, the community and people started finding out about us, we really realized that that community, the Myabetic community was such a huge part of it and just talking on social media and um, reaching out and a lot of people that might not have connected with individuals, but connected with Myabetic because they found a product that they really loved and kind of that gave them some color to their diabetes that they started following us and realizing, whoa, there's a lot of other people living with diabetes that kind of feel the same way. And so our community is a huge way that we like to, I mean, a huge focus um, on social. We do a lot of different engaging kind of um, talks and subjects and lives. Um, and we've, cr we've created events for the community, the Diabetes Awards, a diabetes art show. So, so just some really fun things um, with our community, as well as we, in 2020, we created the Myabetic Diabetes TV um, streaming service, which is an entertainment channel, getting back to, again, like I said, what I was doing prior to, to my diagnosis, that's where I was a performer and in that production, but wanting to make something that, as we said, is not what's currently out there and what was being offered by the media that I saw. Um, so we wanted to create a, a place where people living with diabetes could go and see programs that are authentically and specifically made for them and not on a clinical side from an entertaining um, aspect. So we have like, we have comedies and drama and think, uh, animation for kids. And we have real talk, like talk shows with real people living with diabetes, um, just fun things to watch. So again, it's not a medical journal. It's not something you'd sit there and be like, okay, I'm getting a lecture. But it's a way for people who were, especially the last couple years, kind of stuck at home and couldn't go to these diabetes events. What are some ways that even if you're all alone, that you can connect and see other people living with diabetes and the way that they handled some things or just laugh about some things with diabetes? Um, you could turn it on and it's a free streaming service on Apple TV and Roku and all your iPhones and all Androids. And um, it's just a free service that we'd like to provide for the community and get other people connected um, from the seat of their homes. And it was produced by people living with diabetes for people living with diabetes. That's awesome. You know, one, one thing I think about a lot is how to provide support for people with diabetes wherever they are. Yeah. And certainly there are some folks with diabetes who need to see a professional like myself and they need therapy and, or could benefit from therapy, no doubt. But there are lots of other people with type one diabetes who are actually, I would say everyone else with type one diabetes needs something, yeah. whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog post or Instagram post. And I think that you guys fit really nicely into that continuum of mental health support with diabetes, both in terms of your community, but also in terms of your products. I think it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's it's been it's been easy to kind of stay on your mission when it comes from that place. Of, uh, we we say myabetic is about style, not shame, and that's across everything from media and our community and events and products that, um, yeah, that that 
continuum of every kind of place you your life touches that there is something that's positive for diabetes in that way. Um, so that's a big compliment. Thank you. So if you were to give somebody with type one diabetes a piece of advice, what is the best piece of advice you would give somebody who is struggling in a dark place, feeling alone, feeling ashamed about diabetes? Uh, first, I would say that that's okay. Uh, it, I, I know that right away when I was diagnosed, I felt like the lo- most lonely place was that people were going, oh, no, don't worry about it. Oh, no, it's okay. This is, this is all right. And this is going to be, and it would almost kind of make you not feel, make you feel uncomfortable about feeling uncomfortable, you know? And I think that say that those waves are natural and they're going to come and go, but the most helpful thing that I did is kind of make it my own. So really feel, um, diabetes is something that's very personal. And even though the diagnosis, whether it's type one or type two or Modi or a lot of, that a lot of millions of other people have it, no one else is like you. So you have to kind of find what works best. And if your doctor's pushing a pump, but you really don't feel like you don't have to go on a pump. And if you feel like if everybody's saying you need to go to these support groups and you don't feel like that's okay, but you know, think about your diabetes and think about like how, what makes you feel better just in general as a person and then kind of try to see if you can integrate some of those things that make you feel special like instead of I'm a 24 year old woman living with diabetes no I'm Kira living with diabetes what is Kira like okay well then let me think about ways to kind of integrate that in that individuality aspect is so important and so that you do feel like you can kind of take more ownership and grow as, as you grow as a person, your diabetes is going to grow and the relationship with your diabetes is going to ebb and flow and grow too. So make it your own. Um, but that, that, that emotional feeling, um, I think, which is why I'm so grateful to be on your podcast and what you do is like, I, I think the emotional and the mental side of diabetes is so much harder than, the physical side and the physical side is hard too, you know, but the emotional part was way harder. Like I first, that first injection and poking into your skin, I remember like hyping myself up for many minutes, like running around, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. And you, I did it. I'm like, Hey, I felt really proud of myself and okay. And then I did it again and again. And those of like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of it. I've never gotten the hang of totally counting my carbs correctly and raising it. Like that is still a mystery to me, but I, but the emotional side, there wasn't like those moments where like, Hey, I got that figured out. Hey, this is a new therapy. It's something that's every day different and changing and, um, you know, finding ways to support you, whether reaching out, like you said, to um, a professional or just having touch points with other people in the community or a product, something that makes you feel better is important. Where can people find you and find Myabetic? Uh, you can follow Myabetic, M-Y-A-B-E-T-I-C. Um, you can go to our website, myabetic.com, or you can follow us, Myabetic, on all social network um, channels. And we also, Myabetic Diabetes TV, you can search for that free app on any kind of smart TV or device or um, tablet or phone. It's free there too. You can see, you can follow Kira Richards, K-Y-R-A Richards. Um, but I will warn you that that is a lot of pictures of my kids. 
<laughs> so you can follow my Vedic and me both if you want a friend. I will always reach out to. But this will this where my two little girls live. <laughs> People can see that you're not all all about diabetes. You're about exactly. being a mother. That's my family, right? <laughs> awesome, Kara. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. Also, please share it with a friend with type 1 diabetes. That really helps me get the word out about this podcast so that more people can benefit from it. I always love hearing from my listeners, so please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send me an email to mark at the diabetespsychologist.com. And of course, please tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.